You are listening to The Great Light Podcast. This podcast is a production of Great Light Studios. For more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook or YouTube. If you would like to support the ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so easily and securely through our website. There, you can also find both video and audio versions of the podcast. Sunday, Sabbath, Christmas, and Easter. This is like one of the first barriers uh, that is in the way of WMSCOG members being able to have any sort of like real meaningful dialogue or conversations with Christians is, is like they've they've been trained, they've been programmed. What I would say, they their minds have been poisoned to think certain things about anybody who might go to church on Sunday or anybody who might set up a Christmas tree during Christmas or anybody who might celebrate Easter. And so there's there's this whole um, train of thought that, that they've been instilled with that these things are evil, they're demonic, they're pagan, and that anybody who or anybody who partakes in these things is practicing evil, is, is um, practicing idolatry. And um, yeah, and so all, all of this is just, it's just part of the, um, ultimately, if you really look into all this, it's, it's just part of the whole WMSCOG scheme to um, to influence and 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 basically to gain control over the the thinking of their members um, is is how I perceive it. Um, what it does, what these things do, is you know if you think about it, the, the mass majority of people who have faith, who profess faith faith in Jesus, the mass majority of Christians celebrate these certain things. That most Christians go to church on Sundays. And so what an easy way for the WMSCOG to just automatically eliminate from, from kind of the, the competition field every other group but themselves by, by, by convincing their members through um, deceptive twisting of the scriptures to convince their members that things like Sunday, Christmas, Easter, these things are evil. Therefore, anybody who practices these things is evil. We don't practice these things. Everybody else does. So we're, we're the good guys, everybody else is the bad guys. And that's just sort of the narrative that members are so ingrained with that when they see, I think for so many of them, when they see me talking, when they see my videos, and again, not just me, but any other Christian, they automatically have this demonized sort of view of other people. They, they, they just have this um, uh, pre-established preconceived idea that, oh, that's a, that's a Sunday worshiper. That's a Christmas celebrator. That's somebody who, who, you know, uh, celebrates Easter, et cetera. And so that is an evil, sinful person. Um, and, and so I just, I just want to talk about these things and what I'm going to do first, I'm going to kind of start out with what I think is kind of like the, really is kind of like the grand finale in my mind of, of anything I'm going to say today. It's kind of like the main point. I'm just going to give it to you right up front. Um, I'm going to tell you what I think is, is just one simple uh, um, practical uh, principle that the Bible lays out in 1 Corinthians 8 that just completely demolishes this whole concept that, that if you practice uh, if you worship, if you attend services on Sunday, or if you celebrate Christmas, if you attend or, or, or celebrate these certain days, that automatically means you are evil. Um, 
<clears throat> this whole idea, I think, is just, again, it's demolished by principles that Paul lays out in 1 Corinthians 8. This is something I've talked about a little bit in the past, but I, I feel like this whole topic is something that I haven't given a ton of attention to, and I'm just more and more seeing that this is something we need to, to talk about um, more on this channel because it is such a, a an automatic hindrance to people hearing what we're saying and hearing the information we're giving in our videos about this group. It, it hinders people from hearing the gospel again, because when they look at me, when they hear me saying anything um, about the group, even if it's factual, even if it's compelling and convincing, I think so many members can't even hear what I'm saying because all they see is a, a Sunday worshiper or a Christmas celebrator. And, and so they just see like these horns on my head and, and they can't actually even hear what I'm saying. And, and, uh, and so there's a lot of, you know, pretty angry, um, hostile members for the, for the most part, I'd say that we're getting in the comments. Um, I, I don't know. I, I know probably some of you guys follow along probably with some of the conversations we have in the YouTube comments. Um, there's been a couple particular people and, and if, if they're watching this, I'm sure they're going to know, they're going to know who they are. They're going to know I'm talking about them and that's fine. I, I've, I've offered to these, these couple of people that I've been talking to about this specific topic. Um, they keep asking me about Christmas and Sunday, you know, do you, do you celebrate Easter? Do you celebrate Christmas? Things like that. And, uh, I keep offering to, to have a phone conversation with these people. Um, the reason for that is because again, there's so many preconceived false misconceptions that they have about this whole topic that I, I just simply don't want to, don't want to take the time to do that in the YouTube comments. There's just too much to explain. Um, because the simple answer is yes, I celebrate Christmas, Easter, and I sometimes go to church on Sundays. I also sometimes go to church on Saturdays, but, uh, but I really want to be able to have conversations with members because I want them to be able to, to, you know, on YouTube comments, I'm just, exp I guess real quick, I just want to explain like why I'm consistently offering to have phone conversations with members. If you're a member and you've talked to me in the YouTube comments, um, especially recently, you've probably got an invitation for me to talk on the phone. Um, I'm not trying to trick you guys into talking on the phone so I can secretly record you and then publish it on YouTube. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Um, if you want to come on and do a video with me, if you want to do a video, you want to have a conversation, you want to have an opportunity to defend your position and have like a, a meaningful dialogue with me on video, I'll do that and I'll publish the video, but only if you give me your permission. I am offering phone conversations with you because I think that is, that is the only way we can have a, a real meaningful conversation as human beings. If you're, if you're, unwilling to do that and you just want to sit behind your computer and, and talk on the comments. Um, there, there's just something about talking through typing, whether it's on Facebook or, or YouTube or, you know, these social media avenues of, of having these conversations is like a, a br perfect breeding ground for just people to act and behave in ways that they would not behave in real life. Um, I think some members say some things and they act in childish, aggressive, hostile ways. And I don't think if they, we are face-to-face, -face, I don't think they would do that. I think most people, when you're face-to-face, -face, there's just something natural that that compels you to want to be, you know, for the most, most people, um, you know, it, it's just much easier to feel the compulsion to be respectful and kind. When, when you're behind a computer screen, it's just so much of that's removed. It's so much easier to be 
angry, hostile, mean, aggressive, insulting, um, not just for them, but, but that's, you know, that can be a temptation for me as well. Sometimes I get, you know, I can get so fed up with, with comments and what I feel like are, to be honest, just a lot of ignorant arguments, uh, given from the Bible that are just so uh, terrible that sometimes it gets frustrating and, and I have to, to, um, strive to continue to be loving and patient and kind. And sometimes I, I do better than I do at other times. Um, but I want to have conversations with you guys. This is a very important thing. And so I'm, I'm just challenging you rather than simply writing a quick comment telling me that I'm demonic and I'm of the devil, I'm blind because I, I, I go to church on Sunday, therefore I have nothing to say. Rather than saying that, why don't you have a conversation with me and ask me about these things? Ask me what my thoughts are about Sunday, about Sabbath, about Christmas and Easter. Um, don't, you know, you, you've been taught so many things from the WMSCOG about these holidays and about those who keep them, but have you stopped and listened to the other side? Have you, have you ever sat down with somebody like me who tries to be thoughtful in what I do and things that I may or may not celebrate and, and has reasons for doing certain things and for not doing certain things from a place of genuinely wanting to follow Jesus and, and believe and, and and obey the scriptures. Have you ever sat down with somebody like that and just asked them, okay, you celebrate Christmas. I've been taught that that's evil. Can you tell me why, why do you celebrate Christmas? Why do you feel like that's okay for you to do? You seem like you really love Jesus. You really want to follow the Bible. So why do you, why do you celebrate Christmas? Or, um, okay, you seem like you're really devoted to God. You really believe in Christ. You really want to follow him. Um, why do you why do you go to church on Sundays? Because I've always been taught that that's that's evil and that's wrong. So sit down with people who are willing to have a meaningful discussion, who can give you a, a an actual reason um, about why they feel from the Bible that it's okay to do that. And so I've offered that invitation to so many people, and I'm I've been rejected almost every time. Um, that's uh, a lot of times. That's when the people in the comments, the members, will just you know they'll usually stop talking or they'll make up some lame excuse about why they don't want to talk on the phone. Um, I I can't help but just think that the reason most members probably don't want to talk on the phone. I guess there's probably a variety of reasons. A lot of them are probably afraid of getting in trouble if they if it was seen that they were having a phone conversation with me maybe. Um, but to be honest, what I really suspect is that a lot of them n probably feel that if they were in a more of a face-to-face -face dialogue where they couldn't, you know, go away and, 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 and get help or get answers from somebody else, if they just had to sit down and talk with me, um, they would probably lose the the debate. They'd probably lose the argument, if, if you want to call it that. I, I don't want to ha just have a debate with you guys. I don't want to just have an argument. I want to have a discussion. But I'm convinced that if you would sit down and listen to me, you would see that your ideas about Sunday, Christmas, and Easter, and your ideas about those of us like myself who do these things, you're so convinced that we're evil, but I'm convinced that if you'd sit down and listen to me, I would show you from the scriptures why you're wrong, why that's not true. And you've been so misled, so misguided about these things. And, and you've been taught to automatically demonize people who genuinely are trying to obey the Bible. And, and I think you're missing, ultimately, you're missing so much that's at the heart of the gospel in the New Testament that, that, um, when you focus so much on, on days 
and, and festivals that you're, you're you're doing what the the Pharisees did when they were so focused on the outward things. They were so focused on the outward behaviors, even uh, uh, for Jesus. And and really, that gets me into the first um, the first scripture I wanted to read because I, I, I've been listening through the Gospel of John lately. And and I whenever I come across this this passage here in John nine sixteen, it just like it's like highlighted for me. It stands out to me the past couple of weeks because of these conversations. I've been having with members. Um, I feel like I can so relate to this, and this sounds so familiar uh, to me. So, so John nine sixteen, it says, uh, some of the Pharisees said, this man, talking about Jesus, this man is not from God, for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Do you see the this attitude that the Pharisees had toward Jesus? This is, does this sound familiar to you guys? I'm going to read it again. Some of the Pharisees said, okay, they were seeing everything that Jesus was doing. They were seeing his miracles. They were listening to his teaching, his wisdom that was just uh, literally out of this world, beyond like like from outside of this world. There's just what he was saying, what he was teaching was like nothing nothing anybody else had ever said. And their response to all of Jesus's miracles, to to just the character, you could just see in Jesus the character, the loving character that he was he was good. It was undeniable that this this was a good man. But yet when the the Pharisees saw all that, and this is what they said, this is what their focus was on. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Again, John 9, 16. So out of everything Jesus was doing, all the goodness that he was portraying, all the miracles, they they couldn't see any of that. They were, they were so focused on these lesser, less important matters. And ultimately, it was, it was because Jesus was going against their, their man-made traditions that they they just automatically demonized him and automatically said, well, this man isn't from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. So it's like, he doesn't do things with the Sabbath the way we think he should. Therefore, he's not of God. I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm, you know, well, I, I hope I'm like Jesus. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not carrying out miracles and, and, and portraying the perfect goodness that he did. But I feel like we are are saying some things that are compelling about the WMSCOG in, in past videos about the evidence we're giving. Um, the gospel, I feel like we're proclaiming that is from the scriptures. Um, but with everything we're saying, all the evidence we're giving, it seems like so many members at the end of all that, rather than responding to that, rather than acknowledging those things, they just simply say, oh, well, you're not of God. You're, you're from Satan because... Uh, you don't keep the Sabbath or because you celebrate Christmas or because you go to church on Sunday. So many things that are, um, again, are just things that they don't even know about me. Like I, I, I can't remember ever plainly saying what I do with, with on Saturdays or what I do on Sundays. Um, you know, I might hint at different things at different times, but um, ultimately I've never, you know, I don't really share my thoughts. So many members assume um, this is something else I wanted to mention. So many members assume that I think Sabbath has been changed to Sunday, and this is a big, a big thing that makes that whole that whole uh, 
area for them such a big deal. They feel like all Christians think that Sunday is the new Sabbath and they've deleted the God's Sabbath on, on Saturday, therefore they're evil uh, and so on. But, but that's, I don't believe that. I don't know, I literally do not know any Christian who thinks the Sabbath was changed to Sunday. Um, I'm not saying there's not, I'm sure, I'm sure there are those out there uh, who believe the Sabbath was changed to Sunday, but I, I don't, I've, I don't know of any, and I'm certainly not one. I do not believe that Sabbath has been changed to Sunday. Um, but that the, the, the first point, and again, the main point that I, I, I want to say, if you take nothing away, nothing else away from this video, I just, please listen, listen to this part before you, sh before you shut this off, especially if you're a member, just listen to this part. Listen to this scripture I'm about to read. So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and I'm going to talk about the principles that Paul lays out here that are so clearly related to this whole discussion about Sunday, Sabbath, Christmas, and Easter. Um, I think this chapter solves this whole question, okay? We have the WMSCOG members here, and we have me and so many other Christians over here saying we don't see a problem with with worshiping on Sunday sometimes. We don't see a problem with celebrating the birth of Christ on Christmas and so on. And you have WMSCOG members saying, no, Christmas is evil, Sunday is evil, and if you participate in these things, you're automatically evil. So we're trying to figure out here, what's what's the solution? What's, what's correct? What's true here? Which one's right? And I think, again, I think 1 Corinthians 8 solves that for us. Okay, so 1 Corinthians... Eight. I'm going to start in verse 4. So about eating food sacrificed to idols. We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many so-called gods and lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we exist. And there is but one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we exist." But not everyone has this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that they eat such food as if it were sacrificed to an idol. Since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us closer to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Okay, so here's what's going on here. There's, there was meat, meat markets. People would go to the market and they would buy meat. The problem is that some of that meat in this context, some of the meat had been, and the Christians were aware of this, um, <clears throat> some of the meat had been devoted to idols or it had, it had been offered up to idols before and then somehow it had ended up in the meat market. So as Christians were shopping for their meat, they were aware that, okay, some of this meat is okay, but some of this meat is evil. It's been sacrificed and devoted to pagan gods. Therefore, um, a lot of these Christians, Paul says the one with weak consciences, believe that it was wrong and sinful to eat that meat that had been sacrificed to an idol. What Paul is doing here is he first he starts to explain, we know, those who have knowledge know that there's only one God. And so when these pagans offered up, these unbelievers offered up meat and sacrificed it to idols, Paul's saying, those of us who have knowledge know that there's not really a God, that that idol doesn't represent a real God who really exists. And so when they're offering that food up to an idol, they're not, they're not doing anything. That doesn't, 
God owns that meat. God created that meat. The 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 false god who these people are worshiping, who don't even ex- who doesn't even exist, um, he didn't create that meat. He has nothing to do with that meat because again, that god doesn't even exist. Um, and so Paul is trying to get these believers to see the freedom that we have in Christ, the freedom that we have, and it really that comes from knowing God and knowing who He is, knowing that He is the only God. There are not other gods to whom this meat can actually be sacrificed to and therefore be tainted with the evil and, and sinfulness of these other gods. Because again, there's not, they don't exist. And so how does this relate to what I'm talking about? And then, then what I'm going to do, I'm going to jump to 1 Corinthians 10. We're going to see how Paul clearly tells believers that it's okay to eat this meat. The meat that has been sacrificed to an idol Paul tells believers as clear as day, it's it's okay, it's not sinful if you eat this meat. So we're gonna look at that in a minute. But this, this to me is a, a principle that perfectly relates to this whole question about, um, about these specific days. Now, obviously we're dealing with food here rather than days, but I think the principle is the same. So what is the argument that's, that WMSCOG members, and, and it's not just them, it's it's a lot of people, um, whether they're members of that group or, or others, that that are convinced that to uh, sell, uh, go to church on Sunday instead of Saturday or to, um, to celebrate Christmas, Easter, all these things, are convinced that these things are evil. And, and I don't personally care that they feel that way. It's, 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 that's not a huge deal to me that they feel, if, if a person feels that conviction and they want to abstain from those things, they sh- that's between them and God. And I'm okay with that. What I am not okay with, why I'm making this video, why, why I want to continue to respond to the WMSCOG in this area, uh, because what I'm not okay with is when people start to try to enforce that conviction on other people. So this is meat. This meat had been offered to idols. What is the argument that WMSCOG members so often come to us with and, and, and attack us with? Well, they'll say, don't you know that, that Sunday is, is evil and, and Christmas and Easter, these are actually uh, days that were devoted to pagan gods. These are pagan holidays that, that are centered around uh, these pagan gods. And so in the same way, you have these Christians here who are, they were aware of this meat that had been sacrificed to idols and their conscience, which again, Paul says was weak, their conscience wasn't strong in Christ and in the knowledge of him and in the knowledge of reality as it should have been. So their their weak consciences were causing them to look at that meat that had been sacrificed to idols and say, I can't, I can't do that. That's evil. And anybody else who eats that is evil and they're partaking in, they're partaking in idolatry. In the same way, WMSCOG members look at me and other people, and they're they, they're so accustomed. Like Paul says in verse seven of First Corinthians eight, he says, "Not everyone has this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that they eat such food as if it were sacrificed to an idol." I think you could switch this around and insert this topic that we're talking about and say, some. World Mission Society Church of God members are so accustomed to the idea that Sunday and Christmas and Easter are evil and pagan days that when they see other people attending these Sunday services or or celebrating these these festival or the, these uh, holidays that they they see that as sacrificing making sacrifices to an idol so. 
But look again at the beginning of verse 7. It says, not everyone has this knowledge. This is a knowledge problem. This is a lack of knowledge on the part of WMSCOG members. And again, others, I think, who, who would condemn those uh, who celebrate Christmas and Easter and things like that. It's a lack of knowledge about the reality of, of that there's only one God. There's only one God, and that one God owns every day. He doesn't just, God doesn't just own Saturday. God owns Sunday. God owns December 25th, okay? These pagan gods that, again, don't even exist, they don't own December 25th. No matter whether or not men in the past have devoted these days to pagan gods or to demons or, or whatever, um, whatever ideas so many people have about these holidays, what Paul's beginning to argue for, I think, is that there, there's really only one God. And so if we really have knowledge, you can, you can look at somebody saying, uh, to, you know, praying to their pagan God, saying, I, I offer December 25th to you. This is a day now set aside to worship you. Well, I know that there's only one God. And so I know that was just a bunch of baloney. He didn't, you know, there's, there's nothing really happened there because there, there is not a God and uh, there is not another God, but the one God who owns this day. Who owns, who owns December 25th? Let me ask you that, okay? The the argument is that these days have been devoted to pagan gods um, in a nutshell. I, I honestly haven't done a ton of uh, research. I'm looking into this more um, to see what are the actual historical facts around all this. What I'm, what I'm finding in the little bit of research I've done is that it's not as clear and straightforward as so many members make it out to be, as if it's just clear that Christmas began as a pagan holiday, as clear pagan origins. I think maybe there's good reasons to think that, but there's also reasons to, to think that it, it was actually completely originated in Christians and that they started it. Um, but all that aside, ultimately, I think that's irrelevant because in the same way, this food had been sacrificed to an idol. But Paul is saying, if you have knowledge, what you're going to know is that that food doesn't belong to that God, that False God doesn't even exist. Who does that meat belong to? Who, who owns that meat that you're so convinced that meat has been sacrificed to an idol? I can't, I can't touch it. I can't taste it or it's going to contaminate me. Which obviously, Jesus said, what goes into the mouth doesn't defile a person, but it's what comes out of the heart that defiles a man. And so again, that's a knowledge problem. It's, it's, you're, not, you're not understanding the truth of who God is, what he's accomplished for us, what this this freedom that we have in Christ is when you look at that that meat and you think that if I taste it or touch it, it's gonna it's gonna contaminate me. It's gonna defile me. It's gonna make me sinful. Um, because again, the false gods don't own that meat. Who owns the meat? <laughs> who owns the meat? This is a weird question. But who owns that meat? Whether whether I don't I don't care if if a thousand. Uh, uh, unbelieving pagans uh, sacrificed that meat to a thousand pagan gods. At the end of the day, who owns that meat? Do those pagan gods own that meat? No, God owns the meat. Well, I think it's uh, it's from the Psalms, but Paul quotes it. He says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Actually, he quotes that somewhere, somewhere in here in the same context, I believe. What he's trying to get across is God owns everything. Um, going back to, um, let me see where'd it go. So ver verse five of 1 Corinthians eight, it says, even if there are so-called <coughs> uh, 
gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many so-called gods and lords, yet for us, there is one God. So for us who know the truth, we know that there's only one God, the Father from whom all things came and for whom we exist, and there is but one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we exist. So he's saying, who created everything? God did through Jesus Christ. Now this, this is a side point, but that's a great spot to go to prove the deity of Jesus. You're, you're seeing here Jesus Christ put right right in the same sentence with, with God as if they're, they're, they're inseparable. Um, that's a side point, but, but that's a cool verse to go to if you want to prove the deity of Christ. Um, but, okay, I'm going to, one more time, who owns the meat? God owns the meat, the one true God, God who made that meat through Jesus Christ. He owns it. And if you have the knowledge of that, the truth of that, and you know that, then when you look at that meat, you can know, I can, I belong to God and this belongs to God. I love God. He loves me. I'm free. I can eat that meat in complete holiness and freedom because I know, yes, this person might have devoted it to their false God, but again, it's a false God who doesn't exist. It means nothing. And so in the same way, when, when we look at these days that, that are supposedly devoted to idols, devoted to false gods, are pagan in origin, well, it's the same exact situation here, guys. It's the same exact situation. Who owns December 25th? God does. Who owns Easter? It's, it's celebrated on a different day uh, every year, but... Um, who owns it? Who owns that day? Do the false pagan gods that that you think these days were devoted to, do they own that day? When, when you condemn other people for cel- for for celebrating uh, the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus on Easter, when you condemn people because you say, well, that, that day has been devoted to pagan gods or that, that holidays of pagan origins, you are you're basically saying that those false gods own that day. And you have to, you have to, um, you kind of have to follow their rules now. You have to, you kind of have to react to that day as if those gods actually exist, but they don't. Those gods don't own Easter. They don't own December 25th. They don't own Sunday. Um, God owns them. And there is freedom, okay, to, to do these things, to, to worship God on Sunday or on Saturday. There's, there's freedom to um, celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th because the pagan gods don't own that day. Um, whether or not somebody devoted December 25th to a false god or not doesn't matter. So <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 10, um, start in verse 23. And I'm just going to real quick uh, finish uh, or, or, or sh- show you the the answer, the response Paul had. Just this is kind of where he gets a little bit more clear and specific about this concept of meat devoted to idols. So he says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is edifying. No one should seek his own good, but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. Okay, again, verse 25. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience. 
And here's that verse I just mentioned. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Here Paul is just, he, he's solving the question, okay? Again, you have these different believers. The ones over here saying, do not eat meat sacrificed to idols. That's evil. That's been devoted to false gods. If you do it, you're a sinner, you're evil, etc. Again, does that sound familiar? That That's the WMSCOG in a nutshell, the way they respond to Sunday, Christmas, and Easter. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, trying to like attack you guys here. I'm not trying to insult you or make you look silly. I, I think you have <coughs> legitimate reasons for feeling that way. I think it's okay that you might personally feel that conviction. I'm not even trying to convince you that you should celebrate Christmas or you should worship on Sunday or you should celebrate Easter. That's, that's not the point here. What I'm trying to do is to challenge you to think about all scripture in this context before you start condemning others for, for what they're doing. Because here Paul is, um, you know, again, you have these Christians on this side condemning eating meat, sacrificed idols. And you had Christians on this side who thought it was okay. So the question is being asked, which is right. Paul's answering it here. He says, in essence, he's saying these, these people are right. The people who think it's okay. These are the ones who actually have knowledge. These are the ones who actually understand the truth. And ultimately what they are understanding is that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That meat belongs to God. To God. That meat belongs to Jesus. It doesn't belong to those false gods who do not even exist. Um, this, is, this is about having a very high preeminent view of God, that, that he owns everything and he owns you. And you, you see yourself, you identify yourself as belonging to him. Um, and... So he goes on verse 27, if an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat anything set before you without raising questions of conscience, okay? So if you have a believer who says, hey, come over, let's have dinner, and then he sets this meat before you, he's saying, don't sit and ask questions or worry or wonder like, oh no, maybe what if that meat came from uh, an idol temple? What if that meat has been sacrificed to an idol and then I eat it and, and God like blasts me because I'm, I'm sinning or something? Like these are the kind of fears and anxieties that believers were having, those that had a weak conscience. Paul's saying, don't, don't worry about that. Like if, if somebody sets a meat before you, if they set a meal before you, he says, again, verse 27, Eat anything set before you without raising questions of conscience. So don't, don't even ask about it. It doesn't matter. And he says, but, and this is important. He says, but if someone tells you this food was offered to idols, then don't eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience, the other one's conscience, I mean, not your own. For why should my freedom be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced or why am I condemned because of that for which I give thanks? Okay, do you hear what he's saying here? He's saying, if you sit down at that meal, somebody puts meat before you. And he's saying, you, you don't have to worry. Don't, don't drive yourself crazy with your conscience saying, is this okay? Is, <clears throat> has this been devoted to idols? Is this evil? Um, if, I, if I eat this, am I sinning? And I think this applies to so many things can apply to so many different things. It can apply to like, you know, maybe certain books we read or movies we watch sometimes that we're like, um, maybe we hear certain certain groups of people say, that's an evil, evil movie. It has demonic influences. And then you're, you, you have to have all this fear and anxiety about, well, if I watch that, am I, am I 
evil? Am I going to be condemned? And obviously you have to practice wisdom about there's just some movies that are just obviously blatantly evil and are promoting evil. But all that to say, I think this this applies not just to meat. It applies to so many different aspects of our lives where our consciences are at, might ask questions about, is this okay or is this not? And Paul is giving us, I think there's so much freedom in here for believers in Jesus. So he says, if you're sitting down at this meal and this person, um, he says, don't, don't for your own conscience, you don't have to ask questions because it doesn't matter. You know, there are no true gods. You can eat that meat. But he says, if there's somebody else at the table and he says, oh, hey, guys, this meat, uh, I, I saw this earlier at the meat market and I know this came from an idol's temple. And you're aware that, okay, this guy's conscience, if he eats that, it's, it's going to hurt him. It's going to harm him because his conscience believes that that is sinful and evil. Paul's saying what you should do as a believer out of love is say, oh, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to eat that to honor him, um, to help him. But but he he emphasizes, he says, um, do not eat it. Again, verse uh, 28. If, if somebody says this food was offered to idols. So if you have this person who is concerned and thinks this is sinful, this is evil, we shouldn't do it. He says, um, then don't eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. The other one's conscience, I mean, not your own. So he's saying don't eat it for his conscience's sake because if he eats it, his conscience is going to like attack him and condemn him and harm harm him emotionally and, and spiritually and going to make him feel it's going to produce this distance in his heart from God because he's going to have this false idea that God is angry at him, that he has just sinned before God. So he's saying just as an act of love, because that weak brother needs needs help and he needs help to understand these things more accurately, but he's not there yet. He still views this as sinful. For his conscience sake, just don't eat it. And that's that's the loving thing to do in this situation. And I, I think there's a way that this applies to this whole situation with the WMSCOG. There's a way, and I, I don't I don't know that I fully figured that out yet. How do I I want to know how to show love for these people? Because I I think there's so many WMSCOG members, like I, I just mentioned um, a few moments ago that are I think they have some good reasons. They feel convinced from the Bible that it's just wrong to to celebrate Christmas, Easter, Sunday, etc. Um, and there's there's a loving way I think to help those who I think in this from what we're reading in these scriptures, Paul would say these people have weak consciences. They are uninformed about the truth. They don't have true knowledge about God and about, about um, that these days don't belong to the idols. They belong to God. They don't have that knowledge. So they need loved and helped and supported in a way that they can be pushed toward freedom in the true knowledge that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God owns the meat. God owns the days. And God owns us. Uh, false gods don't own any of these things. And so we can partake of these things with freedom, knowing that they belong to God. Um, so Paul is telling us here, he, this is really good practical advice, but, um, and there's so much more we could talk about and pull out of this, <clears throat> yeah, especially in regards to how to love other believers with weak consciences. But ultimately what I wanted to pull out of those two passages is that Paul is giving believers freedom and saying, you should not, you should not worry about eating food sacrificed to idols. I am convinced that if this situation had not been about food that Paul was writing about, but had been about specific days, Paul would have made the same argument. He would have said the same thing because I think all of this 
is coming from Paul knowing what Jesus said in, in Mark 7. Um, so Mark 7, verse 14. And he called the people to him and again said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defiled him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to him, Are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters into his heart, but his stomach uh, and is expelled? It, or, or sorry, it, it enters not his heart, but it enters his stomach and is expelled. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Again, verse 15, there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. This is an extremely profound and freeing statement. And I'm convinced that this was, this was very powerfully influencing what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 8, the, where he was arguing from. I'm convinced that he was arguing from Jesus's teachings that he was aware of. Paul knew that Jesus had made this, this uh, uh, profound declaration and, and this, this um, really just this deep teaching about the, the reality of what sin is and what causes it. And, and you have these Pharisees and so many just religious people who get so wrapped up in the outward things, the outward behaviors, whether you're touching certain things, eating certain things, celebrating certain days or not. And Jesus makes such a point to say nothing outside of a person uh, going into him can defile him. So this absolutely applies again to Sunday, Christmas, and Easter. These, these are days that are outside of us. I can, I, as somebody who has the Holy Spirit within me, I know God, God knows me, Jesus Christ is in me and I'm in him. Sunday is something that is outside of, it's outside of me, it's outside of that. That, me simply uh, celebrating the, uh, for, for Easter, for instance, the death and resurrection of Jesus on, on a specific day, that WMSGOG members will say <coughs> was devoted to idols. That's that's outside of me. That that's something that um, what what matters on Easter is not whether or not I celebrate the birth or, or the death and resurrection of Christ on that day. What matters is what's coming out of my heart. So of course, if on Easter, if there's like Jesus saying, out of my heart, there's coming forth idolatry, evil worship of, of idols, you know, whatever those idols are in the context of today, you know, power and riches and wealth or um, sex or, or whatever the things that we worship in this world, modern day idols, that's what defiles a person. It's, it's what's coming out of my heart. It's not this, this outward meat that I, that I eat and then goes into my body and it's, it's gone. It's, it's not the the, the days that I observe that have nothing to do with what's inside of me. Um, and so, yeah, I think Jesus's words are heavily influencing what Paul is teaching us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 1 Corinthians 10 about idols. This absolutely applies to this question about, is it okay 
to, to go to church on Sunday? Is it okay to worship on Sunday? Is it okay to celebrate Christmas? All these things are all about what, what's in your heart, what's coming out from within you. If, if you want to celebrate Christmas because um, you want to have a day where you recognize and acknowledge the birth of Christ and what's coming out of your heart is just love and adoration for Jesus, how, how can you say that's evil? How can you say that's wrong? How can you say it's wrong and evil to, to have love and worship and adoration for Jesus and remember the, the, the profound glory of that moment when he came into the earth? Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Christmas here in a minute, so I'm not going to stay on that. But um, So Titus chapter 1 verse 10 for many are rebellious and full of empty talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision who must be silenced for the sake of dishonorable gain. They undermine entire households and teach things they should not. As one of their own prophets has said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, beasts, lazy gluttons. So you have this group of religious people who Paul is saying they need to be silenced. Um, and I, this this reminds me so much of the WMSUG. I wanted to, to read the context that verse 15 comes in because I feel like there's so much here that's applicable to the WMSUG, what they are. Um, yeah, empty talk, rebellious, full of deception. I, I, I'm not talking about every individual member here, but I'm talking about the establishment as a whole. I'm talking about those higher ups that I believe um, would completely fit this, this bill, this description from Paul here. Um, says they must be silenced because for the sake of dishonorable gain, they undermine entire households. That sounds familiar to me. And teach things they should not. As one of their own prophets said, again, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. So it's like they have these, they're demonizing certain groups, certain people, and just whitewashing these um, these certain people as if they're just evil, have nothing to do with them kind of, kind of idea. And Paul's just saying this: their teachings are just wrong. They're so off and they need to be silenced. So he says in verse 13, this testimony is true. <coughs> Therefore, rebuke them sternly so that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the commands of men who have rejected the truth. This is the WMSUG. They are teaching the, these concepts about, you know, these commands, thou shalt not uh, celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th. Thou shalt not celebrate the death of resurrection of Jesus uh, on Easter Sunday. Thou shalt not go to a church service on Sunday. Like the, these are the commands of men. These aren't, these aren't commands that you will find in the scripture. You won't find a scripture that tells you don't, don't go to a worship service on Sunday. There's, there's no command that will tell you don't celebrate the birth of Christ and, and don't celebrate it on December 25th. These are man-made commands that the WMSUG has invented or developed from uh, from other men uh, or, or other men, and it says they've rejected the truth. The WMSUG in in what they teach and what they these burdens, these heavy burdens that they lay upon people, the requirements they put on them, they are rejecting the gospel. They're rejecting the truth. They're rejecting the truth of who God is. They're rejecting the truth that we just talked about that there's only one God who owns the days, who owns the food, who owns everything, and, and we can live in freedom with things. They're rejecting the truth that 
what defiles a person is what comes from inside of his heart and not what comes from outside of him. They're rejecting that truth by their, their man-made commands. And then again, okay, this verse that I got sidetracked that I really wanted to look at is that I think sums up what Jesus says. It sums up what Paul says in the, the scriptures we just looked at. Titus 1.15, he says, To the pure, all things are pure. Do you believe that? I'm, I'm asking WMSCOG members, those of you who are so passionate and hostile against those who, um, let's just let's pick one out, who go to church on Sunday. To the pure, all things are pure. Do you believe that's true? Do you believe what scripture has just told us? To the pure Christian, what, what you could, how you could apply this practically, to the pure Christian who has a pure love, faith, and devotion to Jesus, it is pure for them. Sunday, Sunday worship is pure. To the pure, all things are pure. Is Sunday included in all things? If you say no, you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to explain how Sunday isn't included in all things. Uh, to the pure, all things are pure. So th- this this is just again, I think Paul being so influenced by what Jesus taught that that it's not what it's not what goes into us, it's not what's outside of us, it's what comes from within us that defiles us. So. A Christian who's devoted to Jesus can have a pure heart. What God is looking for is, is, is a transformation inside of us. He's not looking for us to uh, modify our behaviors. Um, he's looking to modify the, the, the components of our heart. He's, he's looking to modify the our, our hearts, our minds, our, our wills, our desires, our emotions, our attitudes. That's what God is interested in. Not, not he's not interested in getting a bunch of people who uh, align with a bunch of rules. Um, that's that's not what he's doing. He's getting he he wants to he's making new new creations. Second uh, Corinthians five. If anybody is in Christ, he's a new creation. God wants to make new creations. That's what Paul says in Galatians. He says nothing nothing matters. There's nothing that counts except uh, the new creation that you are somebody who's been transformed in your heart so that the sin, the evil desires, the selfishness, all these things that Jesus just described um, in in Mark 7, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, all these things, what Jesus wants, what God wants, what what he's doing in believers by his spirit is he's transforming people. He's, He's cleansing us of those evil desires that come out. He's making us... He wants a people that are not dominated and governed and controlled by that wicked evilness that that is within all of us. But he wants to put a spirit in us and make us new so that we can overcome those things. And so, yeah, God isn't looking for us for people to who are willing to line up and and give be given this list of rules of you know don't worship on Sunday, don't celebrate Christmas, don't eat this, don't eat that and fill in the blank there with whatever rules or commands you want to put in. Um, that's not what God's looking for. He's looking for people who have a love for God that that transforms their lives, that transforms how they treat people, that transforms how they <coughs> how they um, how they feel about things, what they desire, what their goals are, how how they treat their employers, how they treat their employees, how they treat their wife, their kids, and so on. 
God wants a new creation. He's looking for and he's interested in heart transformation. And that comes only by faith. It comes as we believe and receive the promises of God. Um, it's First Peter, I think, where he says, we share in the divine nature uh, through the promises of promises of God. It's it's by the promises of God that we partake in the divine nature, that that we we find freedom from our uh, sinful nature. So as Jesus said, nothing outside of us can defile us. And that includes Sunday, that includes celebrating Christmas and Easter. Um, those things in and of themselves are not evil. In and of themselves, um, they're not sinful. What makes those things sinful is what's going on in your heart as you're as you're doing them. If you are celebrating Christmas and you're worshiping the sun god, yeah, that's a problem. If you're celebrating Christmas and you're falling down and worshiping your Christmas tree, yeah, that's a problem. If you're celebrating Christmas and you're consumed <coughs> in your heart with materialism, greed, and selfishness, and, and all you're thinking about is what you can get and the gifts you're getting, and, and you're not thinking about others, you're not, you're not thoughtful of, of, of God and thankful to him, yeah, that's a that's a problem. But it's not about those days in and of themselves, no more than it's about the meat in and of itself, um, because God owns it all. Okay, so to finish up, I just want to look at each specific one of these days or, or holidays, Sunday, Christmas, Easter, and just a few thoughts, a few points about each one of these um, that I, I, I hope are helpful to you. And, and kind of challenge the way, if, especially if you're a member, that you might be thinking about these things. So um, first, I just want to clear the air, which I've done this before, but I just want to say I don't believe that Sabbath has been changed to Sunday. Okay, that's that's a misconception. That's a, uh, a presumption that you guys have because, again, you've been poisoned to think that way by the WMSCOG. I think in large part, you've just been lied to. And and people like me have been demonized in your eyes because you believe just false things about me that so many of you haven't taken the time to actually ask me about. You just assume, oh, this is a, this is a person who doesn't belong to the WMSCOG. Therefore, he believes Sabbath has been changed to Sunday. Therefore, he's evil. Therefore, he's of the devil. Therefore, he has nothing valid to say. Um, I think that's kind of how a nutshell of how a lot of people's thought processes go. And that's okay. I think for most people, it's it's in large part not their fault. Again, your your minds have just been, uh, again, I think poison, I think is, is, is a pretty accurate word, with wrong ways of thinking about these things and about people like me and others like me. Um, and I, I just want to challenge your thinking in this. And, and again, just say, I don't believe Sabbath was changed to Sunday. From the beginning, Sabbath was on the seventh day. Now, I do believe that today, what it, uh, what obeying the Sabbath and fulfilling it looks like is different than it was under the old covenant. Um, there's a way to fulfill it, I think, that is is different, and that's that's something that's a topic for another day because that would take an entire video. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but. What I want to ask again in regards to Sunday, another point is: Is it sinful? I'm just I'm asking WMSCOG members this because again, I want to challenge your thinking. I want to get you to think about this. Don't don't just don't just mimic and repeat what you've been told to say about about Sunday, but stop and think about some of these questions. Is it sinful to worship God on Sunday? Okay, 
what I do on Sundays, sometimes I, I go to church on Saturdays. Uh, I've, I've mentioned that in the past. One of the main church services in my communities is actually on Saturday. Um, that's the, actually two, two of the main church services in my, um, in my community. They're on Saturday. And then I also go to different services on Sunday. So on Sundays, you know, I, I and other Christians aren't, um, no Christians I know are saying we're, we're observing Sabbath on Sunday. Okay. You just need to know that. So get that, get that out of your mind. Just get that out of the way. That's not true. Um, if, if you know of Christians who are believing and teaching that Sabbath has been changed to Sunday, don't, don't equate them with, with me and, and the mass majority of Christians, I would say. Um, but I'm just asking, is it, is it sinful for me to worship God on Sunday? Because that's, that's what I do. That's what Christians do. We're not going into churches and, and bowing down to idols. We're not setting up crosses and worshiping them and, and uh, you know, offering up our children. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know what kind of things you guys think we do on Sundays, but what we do on Sundays is we, we, uh, we gather together as fellow followers of Christ. We, we listen to teachings from the Bible. We sing and worship. Uh, we have fellowship with each other, try to encourage each other, hopefully, uh, most days. And, and uh, yeah, we, we, in a nutshell, we worship God, we fellowship, and we teach the Word of God. Is that sinful? Is that wrong? Is there something wrong with that? Can you, can you show me from the Bible where it would say that, you know, thou shalt not worship God on Sunday? Thou shalt not uh, have a pastor teach about the Bible on Sunday. Thou shalt not sing songs of worship on Sunday. Um, that's what we do on Sunday. So uh, if, if you can explain to me why or what about that is evil and sinful, um, maybe maybe we'll have you'll have something to say, but but I, I don't, yeah, I guess I, just, I don't get it. <laughs> um, I, I've heard so much about Sunday. You know, again, that's one of the first things I hear about is, you know, you go to church on Sunday, therefore you're evil. And I'm just genuinely asking, What's what's wrong with worshiping God on Sunday? Um, again, we're not replacing the Sabbath with Sunday. We're just simply, that's a day that we choose to gather together and worship Christ. Show me in the Bible where it says that's wrong. Show me in the Bible where it says not to do that. Um, I don't think you can, but if you want to try, you can you can you can show me. I'm again I'm just trying to challenge your thinking here. So Christmas. A comment I've been getting from, from one specific guy that I've been talking to is he says, uh, both Christmas and Easter, but he says, Christmas isn't in the Bible. Uh, okay, true. Christmas isn't in the Bible. The holiday of Christmas isn't in the Bible. Um, but the uh, the event that that Christians celebrate on Christmas, which is the birth of Christ, the coming of God as a man into the world, that event is in the Bible. Um so yeah, the holiday of Christmas, maybe as, as, as you might perceive it, as some people might celebrate it today, it's not in the Bible. You're not going to see anything about, you know, you're not going to see the word Christmas in the Bible, obviously, but you're not going to see Tuesday service. You know, WMSCOG members keep Tuesday service um, every week. I, th I think they keep like an 8 p.m. service on Saturday. You don't see those in the Bible, do you? Um, you know what else isn't in the Bible is all the, the World Mission Society Church of God requirements for its members on the Sabbath day. Things like wearing a suit, uh, tithing, listening to multiple services, and, and members having to be in the church all day. And 
Um, you know, I should have got Kelsey on at this point because she could go on and on and list her experiences on Sabbath and all the burdensome demands and requirements that the WNCOG puts on its members on Sabbath. If you're going to come to me and say, where's Christmas isn't in the Bible, you can't, you can't celebrate Christmas. Well, I'd say, where in the Bible does it say you have to wear a suit on the Sabbath? Where in the Bible does it say you have to be in the church building all day? And if, you know, I've heard stories of, of you know, members will, uh, I think the kitchen will smoke up because of food that the members were cooking and they'll step outside and then they'll like get rebuked. And and, and the, the leaders will say, get back inside or, you know, you're going to be cursed. You're going to be judged. You're going to die or something. You have to be in the, you have to be in the building and members are rebuked if they're not, they're not in the church for like, you know, 12, 14 hours every Sabbath. You say Christmas isn't in the Bible. Well, I say that's not in the Bible. So, you know, if you're going to make these accusations about things like Christmas and Sunday and Easter, you have to be consistent. Okay. So many things that you do are not in the Bible. So, so stop pretending like your, your observances of days are, are what's lining up the Bible when everybody else's isn't. That's, that's just not true. Um, so again, is Christmas in the Bible? Uh, the holiday is not, but the actual event is. The Bible doesn't tell us to celebrate the birth of Christ. There's there's nowhere that says you should sell you must celebrate the birth of Christ and you should call that Christmas. Obviously, that's not in there. Um, but also, the Bible doesn't tell us to not celebrate the birth of Christ. Okay, so again, what what do I do on Christmas? If you want to know, do I celebrate Christmas? Yes. I don't, I'm hesitant to say I celebrate Christmas because I think there's so much baggage in that word. Um, Christmas is, uh, to Christians, is about, you know, and obviously with all of us, we have to watch our hearts and, and, and all of us can can um, get distracted and, and lose sight of what's really important in the Christmas season. But Christians, to, to Christians, Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Christ. Where in the Bible does it say not to celebrate the birth of Christ? Can you tell me what is evil or sinful about celebrating the coming of Christ to the earth? Show me in the Bible, uh, where in the Bible does it condemn that celebration, that kind of celebration, celebrating the birth of Christ? You're not going to find it. It's not there. But that's what Christmas is about for Christians. And again, obviously, we can get distracted. But, um, we can get distracted by materialism and things like that. But on Christmas, here's what I'm not doing on Christmas, okay? And again, I don't I don't know what you guys think goes on at Christmas time. I'm not setting up a Christmas tree, bowing down to it and worshiping it and, and, and things like that, which I, I think probably most of you don't think I am. But, but the way you talk about Christmas and how evil it is and, and stuff like that. It's just like, what guys, what do you, what do you think we're doing on Christmas? Like, do you think we're, uh, uh worshiping idols and, and against uh, like sacrificing our children to the Christmas tree or something like that? <laughs> what do you think we're doing on Christmas? It's like so terrible. Um, we're just, we're giving each other presents and, and striving to, to set that time aside, to think about the, the, glory that God came to earth as a man in the form of a baby. Like that's, if that's not something to celebrate, I don't, I don't know what it is. And so I would agree with you that for those who, who's, again, this goes back to what Jesus taught on Christmas. If out of a person's heart on Christmas is coming forth, idolatry, evil, greed, uh, whatever it is, well, that's, that's evil. That's an evil way to celebrate Christmas, of course. 
But what if on Christmas, what if on Christmas, what's coming out of my heart and other Christians' heart is love and adoration for this God who would humble himself, lay aside his, his equality with God, and take the form of a servant becoming a baby? What if on Christmas, what's coming out of my heart is, is thankfulness and gratefulness uh, for that God who would do that? Um, are, are you going to tell me that's sinful and evil? Like, like, again, it goes back to the Sunday, the question I, I ended on with the Sunday thing is like, show, okay, show me, show me in the Bible where it would say that's evil to worship God on Sunday or, or, to, or to celebrate the birth of Christ on, on Christmas. I'm getting mixed up here. Um, show me where that's the Bible would say that's sinful. Uh, I don't think you can because <laughs> it's not in there. And, and, if you go the route of saying, okay, well, what's evil about it is that that day was devoted to, uh, or, or originally came from pagan origins. Okay, let's talk about that. Christmas, what if Christmas came from pagan origins? What if originally the holiday was set up as a day to worship the, the sun god or, or, or whatever, whatever the history is there that you guys claim that, again, I need to look more into and I'll continue to. Well, first, I'd just say, doesn't that take us right back to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and 10? Food sacrificed to idols that Paul says believers are free to partake in because it's not about what goes into them. It's what's coming out of them that matters. Well, in the same way, okay, if Christmas was a pagan in origin, um, the same exact principles from 1 Corinthians 8 and 10 apply to this. Titus 1 that we just read, to the pure, all things are pure. It's not about what's outside of me that defiles me. It's not Christmas cannot defile me. Um, what defiles me is what's coming out of my heart, okay? So again, if you bring up the argument of, okay, well, Christmas had pagan origins, I just say, again, please go read 1 Corinthians 8 and 10. And, and your that argument, then it just falls apart. It has no weight. If you can look at 1 Corinthians 8 and 10, have an honest, realistic um, uh, interpretation of that. Read that. Really, really take in what Paul's arguing for there and then still say, okay, yeah, it's okay to eat food sacrificed to idols, but it's not okay to celebrate holidays that were sacrificed to idols. Like, you, you're gonna, you're, the, the burden of proof there is on you to explain how, how one is okay, but the other's not. And I think, again, the principles of 1 Corinthians are clear, and they make it okay for Christians to celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th, regardless of what the origins, I think, of that holiday are. Because God owns December 25th. God owns me. And, and I can choose to worship God and not idols on Christmas. Um, so is it wrong to celebrate the birth of Jesus? Obviously, it's not because uh, we, see, we see that happening in the Bible. We see in the Bible, we see people celebrating the birth of Jesus. Um, <clears throat> we see the, the shepherds, the angels, uh, the magi, magi, however you say that. Um, and let me, let me look real quick. I wanted to look at this definition, the definition of celebrate. So celebrate to, to acknowledge a significant or happy day or event with a, a social gathering or enjoyable activity. So 
Is it sinful? We're asking the question relating to Christmas. Is it sinful for me to celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th? Um, to, to acknowledge with a social gathering or enjoyable activity the birth of Christ, to acknowledge the birth of Christ coming into the world. Is that a sinful thing? If so, show me in the Bible. Show me where, it, where it's sinful. I see that happening in the Bible. Um, yes, I'm not, I'm not saying it's on December 25th. I don't think anybody, nobody knows the exact date of these things. People guess and estimate and, and um, have ideas. But it's not about the specific day here. It's about, is it is it wrong to celebrate the birth of Christ? Um, and again, the shepherds did, the angels, uh, the, the, the wise men who came to visit Jesus, gave him gifts. They focused in on this event <coughs> and they celebrated its significance. Um, so on Christmas, Christians simply do what we see being done in the Bible. My question would be, why, why don't you celebrate the birth of Christ? Like, like you're, you guys are so adamant against Christmas, but it seems to me like a, an honorable biblical thing to celebrate the birth of Christ. Tell me, what is sinful or evil about celebrating the birth of Christ? At this point, all I can think that you could say is, well, doing it on December 25th specifically is evil because of the pagan origins and all that. Well, for, again, 1 Corinthians 8 and 10 solves that. God owns December 25th. And, and I can choose as a son of God to acknowledge the birth of Christ on December 25th. Okay? Are you really telling me that, that God's watching me? He's watching me. This, this, is, this, is, this is the idea WMSCOG members give me of God. Listen, I, I'm not trying to make fun here, but I'm trying to get you to think about this. Think about the idea of God that you are perpetrating, that you're portraying to other people when you so harshly condemn things like Christmas and Easter. This is the idea you have, okay? It, it's December 23rd. I'm worshiping and acknowledging God because of the birth of Christ. I, I'm, I'm acknowledging it, and, and maybe on December 23rd, I'm gathering people together, and we're, which, which we do, actually. On Christmas time, I'm, I'm gathering with family members all throughout the season. And so um, it seems like what we're left with, since it seems like the only argument you can make is that, well, the specific day of December 25th is evil to celebrate Christmas on because it was devoted, had pagan origins, whatever. Okay, so on December 23rd, God's looking at me and my family gathered together celebrating the birth of Christ. And he, he, that's fine. He's okay with that. December 24th, I'm celebrating the birth of Christ. It's the 24th, so it, you know, God's fine. It's okay. We cross over midnight, December 25th. I'm still worshiping and, and, and uh, uh, loving God for coming to the earth as a baby. And now suddenly God's like, oh, Nope, you better stop that. Like that's wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you for that. That's evil. That's sinful. You you crossed over into December 25th. Um, like, do you see my point here? <laughs> like this is just this is silly. This is silly. This is an immature way to think about God and what He's like. Like, is, is that really the way you're you're gonna perceive and think about God? Think about this. I mean, I don't I don't know every individual member or person who's watching this, but like. You know, they'll come at me with Christmas and come at Christians and say, where is that in the Bible? Well, where is uh, New Year's celebration in the Bible? I mean, I would assume, I don't know, but I would assume a lot of you members celebrate New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I would I would think you do, unless you guys have a problem with that that I'm not aware of. 
Uh, I would assume that you celebrate the 4th of July, maybe. I mean, do you celebrate, is there something evil or sinful about celebrating the 4th of July? I mean, I would think you, you probably do if you live in America. That seems like a pretty honorable, decent thing to celebrate, the independence of our nation. But that, that's not in the Bible. Uh, New Year's celebration isn't in the Bible. Um, uh, what about your, your, your birthdays? Um, do you celebrate your own birthday? Um, I don't know. I, th I think I think I've actually heard that it, it may be, I don't know if this is still a current teaching, but I think for some it's taught in the WMSUG that you can't do that too. I don't, I don't know, but I assume some of you do. What I'm getting at is there's other things in your life that you might celebrate or participate in that are not in the Bible. So simply saying, oh, Christmas isn't in the Bible, Easter isn't in the Bible, so that's evil. That is such a silly, ignorant, immature argument, guys. It, it really is. Again, I don't say that to insult you. I say that to challenge you to think about what you're believing. This is just silly. This is silly stuff that you're propagating that ultimately comes back to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8. He says in verse 7, but not everyone has this knowledge. This is a knowledge issue. It's a lack of knowledge issue is maybe a better way of saying it. People don't have a true knowledge of God and who he is, the freedom he's given us in Christ, and that results in these commandments and doctrines of men, these restrictions and rules about certain days that are evil and certain days that you must you must observe and certain days that you can't observe. I hope you're beginning to see, at least I know there's so much more here that should be said that, that hopefully we'll continue to talk about in, in the future in different videos, but I hope you're beginning to see there, there's so many issues with that line of reasoning. There's so many issues with your demonization of Christians simply because they celebrate Christmas and Easter and things like that. Those things in and of themselves are not evil. Um, what's evil is what's coming out of our hearts. Um, so to finish up Christmas, and I, I know this is long, but but again, I think this is important stuff. And so hopefully you'll, you'll stick with some of this. Um, so December 25th, uh, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put links to a couple of videos that I watched that um, I didn't watch I watched a Mike Winger video and, and I've watched some of his stuff in the past about Christmas and and I, I watched uh, a little section of his this morning before I um, it, it kind of stirred me up to want to talk about this even more I'm gonna put a link to his his videos he's done several on I think Christmas specifically but I think the the principles the things he teaches in there really relate to Sunday relates to, to Easter and, and all of this stuff. Um, uh, another video I watched was a short uh, Q&A video from John Piper, if you're familiar with who he is. But he did, a, a, it's like a 10 or 13 minute video where he was just asked about, is it wrong to celebrate Christmas? And I think he has some really, really good points. And so I'm going to post links to those videos in the description so you can watch those because I think they'll help. And I think there's a lot of material in there that hopefully will add to some of what's been said here. But one thing John Piper said that stood out is that in his research, uh, it seems like Christmas, as far as the origins of it, there's a couple options. Um, one is that it did have pagan origins, that maybe it was instituted by pagans as a day to, to worship the sun god or, or what have you. But Christians, I think there's, there's good reason to believe that what Christians did on December 25th, and I think this is kind of cool, is that they, they took that day and they said, okay, you're going to worship the sun god. Well, we are going to worship the true light of the world on this day. That Jesus, who came into this world as a baby, he is the true light of the world. So you go worship your sun gods. We're going to worship the true god on December 25th. So that's that's kind of something that 
he doesn't put it in those words exactly, but I think that's kind of the idea John Piper conveys that he got out of his uh, some of the research he's done that um, that that's that's one possible explanation for why Christians have celebrated Christmas on December 25th. Um, another possible explanation is that um, Christians have believed in the possibility that Jesus's uh, birth was on March 25th. And so they just traced that back nine months and, and, and assumed that his conception then would have been on December uh, 25th, as I think how that, I think the math lines up there. So nine, a nine-month pregnancy conceived on December 25th, born on March 25th. So it, it's not that they're saying, uh, or I don't think many people believe that they know the exact date, but it's it's just kind of the, uh, a, a good educated guess, I guess, of, guess, I guess, that was redundant, of, of when they think Jesus may have been born. So a couple explanations. So it, it may have had Christian origins. There's good reason to believe that actually December 25th was originally first instituted as a Christian uh, a day, just a day set apart to celebrate the birth of Christ. And then later pagan uh, uh, false god worshipers instituted sun god worship and all that. All, I'm ignorant about all this history. I, I, I'm not the person to... to um, talk to about this stuff because I haven't done enough personal research. This is just a little bit of what I've heard that I think is very interesting and compelling, and I would challenge you to go look into it more. But all of that, I think, again, comes back to it, it doesn't matter. December 25th, whatever day, it doesn't matter. If Christians choose, if they desire to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the coming of Christ into the world as a baby, if they want to set aside a day to do that, how can you say that's wrong? Show me from the Bible why that's evil. Um, I don't think you can. Lastly, Easter, okay? I'm just gonna run through this really quick. Um, I'm just gonna ask you this, okay? You, you guys will say, where is this in the Bible? Where, where is Easter in the Bible? Where's Christmas and Easter? Well, again, Easter, is the, the Easter as we know it today, it's not in the Bible. It's not laid out anywhere that says, you, you must celebrate the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus <laughs> around springtime, March or April, April every year. That's that's not in the Bible, of course. The holiday isn't in the Bible, but the event is certainly in the Bible. Jesus died and he rose again, a, a historical event that happened that is the central core truth, the core focus of the New Testament and of Christianity. So this, uh, man, I, I've just been thinking about this today before I did this video, and even right now, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me, truly mind-boggling, baffling how you WMSCOG members who pretend or seem to be so passionate about the scriptures, why in the world would you have an issue with Christians, with believers who want to celebrate the birth of Jesus or, or the death and resurrection of Jesus? Um, I guess I just don't get it. <clears throat> Again, certainly you don't see the holiday of Easter in the Bible, but you see Jesus dying and resurrecting in the Bible. Certainly, this is an event that we should remember, that we should, going back to the uh, <coughs> definition of celebrate, that we should acknowledge a significant or a happy day or event with a social gathering or enjoyable activity. A uh, little definition of celebrate. But um, why would we not celebrate the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus? Again, the central truth of Christianity. This is what... This is what this is the hope. Uh, this is our hope. This is this is the gospel. Why would we not celebrate it? Um, 
there's nothing wrong with celebrating this and you would have to show me, again, the burden of proof is on you guys to show me from the Bible something that would indicate that it is wrong or sinful to celebrate the uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus, okay? Now, again, here what we'd be left with is, okay, you guys would probably say, well, okay, it's not, the Bible doesn't say not to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. What 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 we have a problem with is that you do it on the Easter or this this day, this Easter holiday that's that originally was devoted to idols and things like that. Well, listen, we've we've covered this already, and I think you probably know what I'm gonna say. Go back to 1 Corinthians 8 and 1 Corinthians 10. Paul has explained that to us, okay? This is not a problem. It's not a problem. God owns Easter. God owns every day in March and April, okay? Whatever day Easter falls on, if Christians choose to celebrate the death and resurrection of Christ on that day, okay, that, that's not a sin. It's not evil. We have freedom to do that. Um, there are those who may have devoted that day uh, it, it might just so happen that there's, you know, certain Satan worshipers or whatever that on that day, they choose to devote that day to Satan or to false gods or, or what have you. But that doesn't mean that's what I'm doing. That doesn't mean that's what other Christians are doing. If on Easter, what I'm doing, again, if what I'm doing on Easter is I'm worshiping, calling to mind the death and resurrection of Jesus and the significance of that for me, that Christ took my sin, that my sin is no longer on myself, it's on Christ. That on the cross, he said, it is finished and that I can rest in him and what he's done. I can be forgiven uh, of, of my past sins <coughs> and of my sin that I see in myself every day, that I know I have hope that God relates to me based on grace because of what Jesus did on the cross. If on Easter, me and, and other Christians acknowledge that fact and worship God, give thanks to him for that on that specific day and celebrate that event. Are you, are you really honestly going to stand there, look me in the face and say, I'm sinning to do that. That, that is a sin for me and those Christians to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus simply because it's on a specific day that you think has pagan origins. Um, guys, again, I, I just, that's, it's silly. That's just silly. And it's a lack of knowledge. Um, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God owns all the food and God owns all the days. God owns Easter, whatever day it falls on. God owns December 25th. And that gives me as a child of God um, the freedom to worship him on that day. Okay, The power of God overrules whatever demonic powers or influence has been uh, involved with these specific days in the past, okay? The power of God overrides that. The power that he gives me as a son overrides that. That that has nothing to do with me. The the, the pagan, the, the worship of idols, the devoting of days and meats and whatever to, to false gods, that has nothing to do with me and what's in my heart. What's in my heart is worship for Jesus, I hope, on those days. That's what I strive for. That's what Christians strive for. That is not sinful, and, and, and I think you have a, a very, very steep uphill battle to show me from the scriptures, if you're gonna look at the scriptures and interpret them in an honest, meaningful way to show me how it's sinful to do that. Um, so, to end with Easter, I have to say, why wouldn't we celebrate it? Why wouldn't we? Why, why would we not celebrate the birth of Christ? Why would you not? Uh, you guys so demonize Christmas and Easter. Why? 
okay, you don't have to do it on December 25th or, or, or the same, you know, March or April when we celebrate it in, in Easter time. But why wouldn't you celebrate that event? Do you celebrate it? Um, uh, and I'm not saying that to condemn you as if like you have to do this or God's going to hate you or, or, or like this is some kind of rule. I'm just saying like this is, this is again, this is the central truth of Christianity. This is the gospel. Jesus died and rose again for us. He took our sin. We are free in him by simply trusting in God. Why in the world would we not celebrate that? And why would you condemn people like me who celebrate that. I, I just, I honestly don't get it. So I'm asking you. This video is kind of just a vent, I think. This is, I'm just kind of venting a lot of thoughts, uh, some emotions even from probably not not just the past um, couple of weeks, but the just years. I, I think a couple of years, you know, now to, as we've been involved in the WMSUG, it's like the Sunday, Christmas, Easter thing, Sabbath. It's just like, it's like that you guys are just constantly throwing these, these stones at Christians and um, so this is my vent session and I, I hope it's helpful. I hope, I hope ultimately, I hope what's going on is that, um, you guys are being challenged and, and I'm doing this, um, <clears throat> saying these things in love. I think maybe there's some harsh things being said at times, but I'm really just trying to lovingly challenge you guys. And again, I'd love to keep talking with you about these things. I'd love to, I would love to have this conversation, not sitting here talking to a camera like I am now. I wish I was face to face with some of you members. So you could hear my heart and I could hear yours. And you could, you could give me your views of Sunday, Easter and Christmas. And, and I could just explain where I'm coming from. Um, it's very unfortunate. It's very, very unfortunate. And I think it's very, very revealing That's that uh, up to this point, none of you really, uh, there's, there's been one or two members who have been willing to give me the opportunity to just sit face to face like human beings and uh, have a conversation about this. And, and that's all I'm asking you guys to do. And, and that invitation stands open. Um, if you watch this video and you're thinking of, okay, well, he's wrong there and he's wrong there and, and I don't agree with him there. Well, I, I want to hear that. I really do. I want to hear places where you think I'm off uh, and where you think I'm wrong. But um, I would hope that you'd be willing to do that in a meaningful way where we can actually talk face to face, heart to heart, whether that's in, in a phone or video conversation. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I try to those who are respectful and on the YouTube comments, there are those who are a little bit, uh, they're less hostile. They're more um, thoughtful, I guess, in the way that they, um, the, the way that they talk to me. And so that's, for, for those of you who are like that, like I'm, I'm going to take more time to talk to you in the YouTube comments. And, and, and um, I won't be, you know, some of, some of you guys who are coming in the YouTube comments, just the attitude and the, the aggression and the hostility. It's just like, this is just, I mean, I'm basically talking to a wall here. There's no point in me continuing to type this stuff out because you're just like, it's just very hard to talk to people like that in the YouTube comments. But I'd love to have a phone conversation because I think it'd be a lot easier. I think you would probably be a less, lot less immature. Uh, you guys who I think you know who you're, you are right now. Um, Actually, I'm just going to call out some names. Why not? You guys have been in the comments. You've made yourself public. So uh, one, one person is Lima Luai. I don't even know how to say that name. But this is a, a fellow. I don't know if this is a, a guy or gal that's been, you know, this is just an example. I think a, a, an example of a bad example of what a WMSCOG member should um, act like and behave like in the comments. Um, I still offer to this person 
the opportunity to talk in a conversation that would be, um, that'd be great. Um, there's a couple more, but that's a particular person who, um, yeah, I've been having this conversation with, and I just hope that you guys, you WMSCOG members will, um, yeah, just, just think about some of these things that I've talked about. So final thoughts, I would just say one more time, encourage you to go and read 1 Corinthians 8, 1 Corinthians 10, these passages that I read with Jesus from Mark uh, 7. Read them and, and think about them. Ask what, what is being said here? What is being taught? What is Paul trying to explain? And how should I apply this to my thoughts about Sunday, Christmas, and Easter? Um, I'd really challenge you guys to do that. Um, I think oftentimes the WMSCOG doesn't seem to encourage its members to go and, and just read the scriptures on the, their own and to try to really understand for themselves what they're saying. The Holy Spirit is perfectly capable. <coughs> um, Jesse said this in a video like a year ago. It's the Holy Spirit who will teach you the Bible. You, you don't need somebody telling you, um, someone like the WMSCOG, determining everything the, the Bible says and not really letting you think for yourself. Go and um, ask God, what what does this mean? Uh, especially 1 Corinthians 8 and 1 Corinthians 10. How do these apply to my thoughts about Sunday, Sabbath, Christmas, Easter? How does the, do these principles that Paul lays out about food sacrificed to idols, how do these apply to my thoughts in the, in the way I'm accusing so many Christians uh, as being evil for, for doing these things? Um, this is the scripture here. And so it, it's it's sort of your obligation, your duty to, to, to find out what this says and what this means. And then <clears throat> uh, last thing is just the, the, the videos I, um, that I mentioned before from John Piper and Mike Winger, those videos are in, uh, I'll link those in the comments. I would recommend watching those if you're interested with this topic, if you're struggling with it, if you have questions. Um, and as always, reach out to us, ask questions. Um, <clears throat> it, uh, I, I would say comment put a comment in the the comment section below about like if, if there's something that stuck out to you about what I said, if there's something specific that you really disagree with, if there's something that stood out and was helpful and understanding all this, um, it, 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 it'd be fun and, and helpful, I think, for me to see what what that might have been for you. Um, and I would say for members, if, if you're going to comment on this video, just please do it. Do it in a thoughtful way. And what I mean by that is like, if you disagreed with something I said, or if you think something I said was unbiblical, like that's fine. I, I'm just asking that you reply to something I actually said, to an argument I actually made, give a thoughtful response to that rather than what's often done is just sort of a, a, a thoughtless, like, uh, you know, you're just blind, you're of Satan, you don't understand the truth. And and a lot of people, I'm, I'm just assuming a lot of people say, well, they'll just probably not maybe watch two minutes of the video and then just comment something like, uh, you know, you, you go to church on Sunday, so you're evil and blind and and you have nothing to say. Or, you know, that's that would that would kind of be the the ultimate uh, example of, of, of what I've been trying to get across in this video about what you should not do. But that might happen. I'm just, I, I would hope you guys would not comment in that way. I want to hear your thoughts, but only if, if they're going to be, you know, thoughtful and, and actually help out in this conversation. Um, so, uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing your thoughts, looking forward to future videos that we have coming up. And I hope you are all well. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon.
You have been listening to The Great Light Podcast. To find more information and resources or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to support this program and partner with the Ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so through our website. There you can also find both video and audio versions of this podcast.